0: Thank y'all. Y'all, we've been so wonderfully blessed and led in worship as we're preparing our hearts uh, for Christmas and for Christ anew through our music ministry. So thank y'all again and Lori and everyone who's blessed us. Through this Advent season, we've been following what the Christian church has talked about for centuries these great themes of Advent to help us get ready for Christmas and again for Christ. The first week in this sermon series, we talked about the hope. That is at Christmas. We looked at Isaiah, and as he talked about people being in despair and in darkness, God promised to them hope and also in Christ for us our hope. Last two weeks ago, we were in Mark's gospel. And we looked at this theme, the second candle of the Advent wreath, this, this theme of peace and how throughout that entire gospel you see Christ coming to bring peace to people who are in chaos and to their circumstances, coming to, to speak peace and to gift peace in their hearts and in their faith and ultimately to be our ransom so that you and I, sinful humanity, can be at peace with God. Last week was our joy candle, and we didn't get to to preach on that. We'll do that at Christmas Eve because we had our music program. But today, we're at this theme and this reminder of love being at the heart of Christmas. And so we're going to look at John 3 together. Now, I had put John 3 in our bulletin, and I received a call late in the week from our church office. And somebody somebody who works in our office said, you're preaching on John 3. I said, that's right but, but it, you're, you're going to preach on John 3 this week. I said, that's correct. She said, not, not John 1. I said, no, not John 1. That passage is about Nicodemus. Yes, yes, I know it's about Nicodemus. You know this week is Christmas. Yes, I know this week is Christmas. I've never preached on John 3 at Christmas, so this is a sermon I've been drawn to as, as we as a church, for those who are participating in our Bible reading plan, we've been walking through John's gospel. So today, I'm not going to preach on Nicodemus. Uh, We're going to preach on a word that was introduced here in John three, a theme that's brought up in John three, and we're going to walk through John's gospel and see how not only does that play out throughout the entire gospel, but but it also saturates his epistles. This is a word that's introduced and a theme that's introduced that really it's not what happens at Christmas or what Christmas will do, although there's some of that here with Nicodemus. This is the heart of Christmas. This is the why of Christmas. Why Christ was sent. And it's simply this. It's love. The love of God the Father for us. It's a word that John can't get over. If you do the math and follow the word love or loved in John's Gospel, it's, it's double any, any other book in the New Testament. Really, it's more than any other book in the Bible except for Psalms. And there's 150 chapters in Psalms. So Psalms is cheating. This really... Speaks first and foremost, too, at Christmas. We want to remind ourselves it's the love of the Father. In verse 16, it's the Father who gives. Verse 17, it's the Father who sends. It's really in His heart to give to us. Think about that His only begotten Son. Why? Because of His great love for you. Charles Wesley had it right when he wrote that hymn, And Can It Be, that the Son, yes, the Son, left his Father's throne above, but John won't let us forget. It was the Father who sent. If you listen to Jesus' testimony throughout this gospel, that's, that's how he testifies about himself. It's the Father who sent me. I am the sent Son. Over and over again, the Father so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. I love what Bible commentator F.F. F. Bruce, Bruce says in speaking of this passage, there, if there is one sentence more than any other that sums up the message of God, John's gospel, it is this. The love of God is limitless. It's limitless. Now listen. John the Baptist would preach it. Jesus would preach it. You'll see it throughout John's gospel. We have to repent and turn to Christ. And that word that is so big in John's gospel, we have to believe, put our total faith that he has done that work to save us. Yes, but don't miss his limitless love, his reaching love, his given love to you and to me in his son, Jesus Christ. I, we were joking at Sunday school in our Zoom class. I'm friends with a lot of Presbyterians. I went to Presbyterians my wife's family's presbyterian i went to presbyterian youth group in college and while i was there i got picked on pretty hard cuz i was one of the few methodists in that presbyterian youth group and they kept telling me about the five points of calvinism which are which are total depravity un- unconditional election limited atonement irresistible grace and perseverance of the saints right So they would would push that on me and I'd push back on a few of those but then they started picking on me on our five points of Methodism. Did you know that? Not T-U-L-I-P but D-A-I-S-Y Daisy. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Because as Methodists many of us believe there is this potential for falling uh, from grace in Scripture. Don't Question, though, the reaching love of God here. What's seen clearly throughout this gospel, and Jesus won't let us miss this. He's saying it to us over and over again. The Father loves. I am here because it's the heart of God to send me and to gift me. But also as we go through this gospel, we're reminded not only do we see the love of God given, but we see the love of the Son of God lived you bump into Jesus in John's gospel over and over again. When people do that, they, we, we, and it's been the heartbreak of this season, we've not been able to sing together. We've been blessed with music, but because of being careful, we've not sung together. But there's that hymn, Love Came Down at Christmas, Love All Lovely, Love Divine, this lofty and, and beautiful uh, uh, word about Jesus. In John's gospel, it's just street-level stuff. There is a whole lot of theology in God, John's gospel, but, but when people bump into the life of Christ, people comment over and over again, this one loves people. Whether it was when he went to raise Lazarus in John 10, not only do you have the sisters knowing and saying, yes, you love our brother, but the way he loves and the way he weeps over Lazarus In John 11, you've got even his enemies saying, look how he loved. They note the love of Jesus for us, not just for friendships, but for his disciples. The the author of John's gospel says when we get to this point, and he's about to wash feet in John 13, when you get to the very end, or John 13, excuse me, when you get to John 13, the author of John's gospel says he loved them to the very end. Jesus' love is put on display over and over again, even to the point of saying, and you bump into it so many times in John's Gospel, where he says, the one who Jesus loved. And I love how Jesus won't let us miss, and and we don't want to miss, the Father's love for us, but also his love for us. We just can't miss it. Over and over again, he says, I want you to know, if you love me and keep my commandments My Father loves you. And what we see throughout John is when people bump into him, that love is made real. It's tangible. People take note of it. And it really becomes a challenge to us as we've been so blessed at Christmas to remember God's sending and gifting love. As we've been so blessed in being in the Word together, being encouraged by the music of Christmas, by the blessing of fellowship together, that love can't stay there. But if love is really love, it has to be given away. You see that beautifully in the life of Jesus, that his love is is spilled out on the cross, but it's also just given so freely to so many throughout John's gospel. And the question comes to us, when we've been blessed with so much, the love of God lavished on us, seeing Jesus Christ's love gifted to us through what he's done for us on his cross and resurrection, how is it you and I, because of all that, Will release the love of God through us so that when people bump into us, they'll say, That person knows Jesus. And boy, that person loves well. What are you passing? On. So it's clear to others that you are Christ's and you have his love. My dad was 17 when he signed up to go into the Air Force. His father had to go with him. He thought he needed to mature a little bit. Well, turns out he matured a little bit more fastly than he had anticipated because at age of 18, he was in Vietnam. And they're serving the Air Force on the coast of Vietnam, one particular day, he and another guy were unloading a plane, and the alarm went off. Plans had been found that the enemy was coming and they knew when the alarm sounded they were to run and at that point you didn't have a weapon on you at all times so you had to run to this particular place get your weapon and your assignment well my dad did not outrun this other person so when he got there the officer said son all we got left for you is a pistol when my dad got there right behind him he said son I'm sorry this is all we've got left and it was an axe handle now if it had been me I'd have clocked the guy with the pistol and taken his pistol, right? But you think about that. Plans have been intercepted. The enemy is coming, and they gave my dad a stick. I praise God the enemy didn't attack that day for some reason. But my dad was hiding in the barracks with a stick. What are you passing on? At my, my father's point of need, he was just given a stick, and the enemy was upon him. This world is hurting, and it is in darkness, as Isaiah said, and in despair. Christians, how is the love of God, as we see so clearly here in the life of Jesus, not just on his cross, but see it's so vibrantly displayed to so many people that they all take note of it. How is it you and I will live out that love so others will know? We're not just passing on some ideas. We're loving as Christ loved because listen, this is the last warning. We don't have time to go through it all this morning together. What you see here in, in John three nineteen is this reminder that our hearts can deceive us, and we can be we can be given to other loves. Loves can be misplaced. And in verse nineteen, it says, "People love darkness rather than the light." You see again, people loving things they shouldn't love, or they love things more than Jesus. In chapter. 5 in chapter 8 and then you get to chapter 12 there's two different uh, there's a reminder there that we shouldn't love our lives that we should hate our lives and give them for christ and then in verse 43 of chapter 12 make sure you don't love and because they surely did but they love the approval of men more than god jesus in another book that john writes he reminds the first church there ephesus in chapter 2 you've left your first love And so there is, as you and I have have, have come to this season, we're reminded again of the Father's love and gifting and sending His Son. As we're confronted by the love of Jesus and just watching His life, how He blesses and serves and then gives of His life on the cross. Where's our love? It's a a chance for the church to say again, Lord, you have my affection. There is no one else, no applause of man. There's nothing in my life. I'm going to love you more than my very own life. Throughout John's gospel, you bump into that time and time again. Don't misplace your love. Christmas is a reminder. John 3 is a reminder that the Father loves you so much that he has sent and gifted to you his only begotten Son. It's a reminder, too, of the glory of Jesus Christ, the one who loves so well, who loves to the end. And it's a reminder for us, too, in this season to make sure that the Lord has our love and that this world might see that love in us, a world that is so weary, a world in darkness. Oh, that the church would shine in this season with Christ's love. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your deep love for the world that you would even gift your only begotten Son uh, for the world's redemption. Father, if, if there are those in this room or those who are watching online who need to hear and respond to that news, Father, by your Spirit, would you do that? Would you do that work? That, that our hearts would be open to receiving your forgiving grace and love, and that you would set our hearts on fire for you. Father, we thank you for what we have seen in Christ's love. There's this continuing theme of how love poured out of his life in so many tangible ways. And it's our prayer that when the world needs us, when our family needs us, when our friends need us, that they too would be able to say, as we can see of Jesus, that that they are loved, that they will know that it's the love of God in us for them. Father, we also pray that your Holy Spirit would guard our minds and our hearts. There are so many things in this world that try to steal our affections. May you be our first love in response to your great love, uh, your infinite love for us in Christ Jesus. Oh, bless our deep love for you. Thank you for this, your word. Bless now our response. In Christ's name we pray, amen.